Hey folks, welcome back to Popcorn and Nerds, your favorite pop culture podcast. This week we're traveling back to a galaxy far, far away and giving our thoughts on Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, don't forget to rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening to. Um, it helps us be better at what we're trying to do, and you might even win something out of it. Uh, we're we're gonna, bringing it back? Yeah, we are bringing it back. If you bring rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you listen to, uh, you'll be entered for a chance to win a t-shirt or a movie. Oh, t-shirts now. You know what? I'm actually thinking about multiple movies. Like, maybe there's some kind of, like... Theme? Yeah, theme, or, like, yeah, some kind of theme, or maybe I just randomly feel like giving away, like, three movies. Okay. Yeah. Just the generosity. Yeah, yeah, there's not a whole lot of... Quali- there's not a whole lot of qual- qualifiers other than how generous I'm actually feeling. Um, for those of you listening in your car, uh, on your headphones, whatever, uh, right now we're actually... Right now, it's Tuesday, and we're recording this uh, podcast on Facebook Live as well. So we're going to start to do that. So if you're listening now and you want to check out actually what the hell we're trying to do and what we look like, or maybe you don't want to see that, but if you yeah. just want to be more interactive, like you can comment and stuff like that and tell us we're tell us we're full of garbage if we're talking about a movie you really love and we don't like it. Um, I maintain that I'm interesting looking at best. You are. Very interesting looking. Very interesting looking. Okay. I look, good, I, I look good in hats. I don't look good in that. I have a fat head. <laughs> you got a big head. Uh, anyway, let's get uh, right into it. So for those of you listening or watching for the first time, what we normally do here on Popcorn Nerds, we review uh, the latest in pop culture news and also review a movie at the very end of the episode. And we also do gotta, a snack. I got to stop you for a second, though. Why? Who are you? Who am I? Oh, I haven't even done that. Okay, skipped. sorry. Yeah, I, I skipped that whole thing because this whole Facebook thing's throwing me off. It is. Um, He's off his game. <laughs> anyway... Your main host here, Taylor D. Adams with Scrap Productions, and to my right, joined from Spider's Corner Games, it is Mark Goings. Mark, how are you? Not too bad. How about you? I'm good. Are you? Yeah, I'm great, actually. Okay. This is uh, this Facebook thing is throwing me off a little bit, but that's okay. We're going to power through. Mark, what are, we, what are we drinking? So, today, we are drinking Sunhands Belgian Summer Golden by Haw River. So, the reason I chose this was very nerdy. Because sun, the sun theme, relevant to Solo also, but in the original Expanded Universe content for, yep, for Star Wars before Disney bought it, um, after Return of the Jedi, Han Solo and Chewbacca found themselves near the Maw, which is something on the Kessel Run that you see in Solo. Spoilers, kind of. Uh, I was in the trailers and stuff, but... Um, <laughs> At the Maw installation, Chewbacca and Han Solo actually come across <laughs> yes, a destructive weapon that the Empire is creating called the Sun Crusher. And they escape on that ship from the Maw installation uh, with a young Force-sensitive man named Kip, Kip Duran, uh, who Luke eventually trains as a Jedi. But the Sun Crusher is basically the Empire's new weapon that destroys solar systems and whatnot. Um... But so, as I was walking through the selection at the local bottle shop, I was like, all right, I need, a, I need some kind of reference. I was like, uh, never tell me the odds. Uh, <laughs> uh, it ain't like Dustin Crop's boy. Uh, uh, and I was going through all these different things, and I was like, there's nothing here. The closest thing I found was Elysian has one called the Space Dust IPA, which is an okay beer. Um, but so, yeah, I wanted to go through and find something a little bit more obscure that I could reference. And so I saw Sun Hands, and I was like, Sun Crusher, and looped that in, which is no longer canon. Thanks, Disney, for rewriting all that. But uh, 
all those years of books that I picked up and read, they're they're useless now. But I just thought because a sun is a star, and it's Star Wars. That's easier. We take the easy way out. You're a much bigger nerd than I am. I am. To this. I've never never argued that once in my life. But it's not That's bad. It. I like right. I like Belgians. It's nice. Uh, I like it. Yeah, it's got a nice taste and flavor to it. And then we also have Rolos. Get it? Cause Solo. Solo, ah. Solo Rolos. Ah. But also Rolos are delicious, and so yeah. I just wanted to buy these and. An excuse for them. Dude, you, I don't know if I ever told you, these were like crack to me as a kid. I ate these all the damn time. They're so good. I would go through a whole roll of yeah. Rolos. Roller Rolos. Roller Rolos. So this is the point where we chew into the microphones and you guys are either disgusted or uh, just deal <laughs> with it. But oh. <laughs> Luckily, they're not that, doesn't take that long to eat them. So no. that's what I'm hoping for. And the phone's far enough away that they don't have to hear if they don't want to. This is more for the people on the podcast. Yeah, for you guys listening in your car right now. <laughs> this is for you. I'll sit back. God, um, the caramel's so chewy. Yep. I forgot. Oh, so good. So good. All right. All right. <laughs> so, on to news and what have we watched. Taylor, what have you watched recently? In the what last... have I been watching recently? Hold on. i got to take a sip. In the last week since we have mm. spoken, uh, well, since Nicole, our Deadpool 2. Nicole and I have... Um, finished all the episodes of Jane the Virgin on Netflix. We finished season four nice. last night. Um, that show's bonkers. <laughs> I go back and forth about it because it's so ridiculous, but it is supposed to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very kind of fourth wall breaking without anybody like looking into the camera. Like there's a... Not there's Deadpool a, fourth wall breaking. No, 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 no. Nothing like that, but uh, there's a narrator and he like kind of omniscient, but he also like recognizes that he'll say that he doesn't know everything, but he also knows things that you don't know and he won't tell you about them. And then I recently started uh, watching this show on AMC that just ended, a limited series called The Terror. Hmm. Uh, it's very interesting so far. So it's based on kind of real events. So it's uh, the British Navy exploration back in like the mid 1800s, still trying to find the Northwest Passage okay. by going yeah. through uh, the Arctic Circle and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Now, and it's the story of these two ships that like just went missing, never came back. And that part is a true story. Where this picks up is that it's bringing in an element of historical horror. So it brings in like kind of uh, creature, monster, supernatural elements into why it went missing. Interesting. So it's really neat. It's based on a book. Um, and I never read the book, but the book sounded pretty good. And the uh, author of the book um, is also uh, a sh- a writer and ex- executive producer on the show. Okay, cool. That's um, good. They like loop him in, and yeah. he's able to contribute in that way. Yeah. So that's that's a lot of fun. Um, I just started that. It's very uh, actually kind of funny. But oh, two weeks ago, I started watching Deadwood, which I had never watched before. I've heard good things. HBO show, and it takes place around the same time, but obviously completely different. It's yeah, like setting. a western, yeah, 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 and stuff like that. But I enjoy Deadwood. I'm actually I'm taking a bit of a break because it's incredibly hard to understand what's going on for me because the language is so specific. Like it's very like it's very of the time. Gotcha. So sometimes it's kind of hard to gather what exactly they're trying to say. Like sometimes, but on, and also like every other. <laughs> I think I was talking to uh, Showtime and but I started watching it and I was like, it's so it's such lovely language, but then. If you played a drinking game with every time they said the word cocksucker, you would die. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's Shakespearean profanity is what it is. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So, but it, it, 
it kind of lost me a little bit. It's a lot to keep track of. But the terror is a very similar language without that much cursing. Okay. Um, but it's a little bit slower paced. Not so HBO, I can kind it's of, AMC. So. It's AMC. So yeah, you can't really do that anyway. Um, so, but it's more easy to keep track of, and I like that kind of that kind of uh, television horror. I, f- I feel like is in a good realm right now for kind of smart uh, storytelling, which I'm excited about. Gotcha. Um, those are the two things I've been watching since we filmed our last episode. Uh, what about you? Uh, for me, I'm trying to think, I did finally catch up on Westworld season two. Good. Uh, I'd been, I know, I'd been behind on that. Uh, finally caught up there. Still good, still bonkers. There's all kinds of ridiculous things going on. This most recent episode, I guess two days ago now, uh, starting to tie in some of these themes and everyone's slowly starting to like, it's it's coming to a head uh, and we'll see what happens there. But Have you watched this week's? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't watched this week's. You want to know what happens? Well, I was going to watch it after the podcast, but it took you for friggin' ever to come over here, so... Well, no, I came over like 10 minutes after I said I was going to be here. <laughs> uh, it took us a while to get set up. It did. It anyway. Did. The beers had to chill, too. Yeah, we had to put them in an ice bath. Yeah. So, I was watching that, caught up on that. Um, and an older anime called Claymore, uh, suggested by uh, a friend that I met online, and was told that if you like badass women just wrecking shit, I like that. Check it out. Okay. So basically, it's there are these demons who imitate people, corpses, whatever they have to to be able to to feed. And there's this uh, organization that basically splices those demons with people, but the only people that they have successfully spliced are women. So it's just these like badass women who are like half human, half demon. Super strong, hunting down actual demons. Okay. Um, in the first episode, the first uh, character, they're called Claymores. Um, or they call them Silver-Eyed Witches because they have silver eyes. Um, decapitates... Clever. Like, yeah, Clever. Right? Decapitates like three people. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's TVMA, uh, lots of uh, violence, but it's a lot of fun so far. Um been enjoying that uh, and I think that's mainly outside of the normal again anime shows that I've been keeping up with the normal serial stuff Westworld and whatever uh, that's running currently I actually went to a, a barbecue yesterday a cookout for Memorial Day and we started re-watching Game of Thrones from the beginning oh wow which is a how far is it it's weird we watched two episodes so not terribly far but so much happens in the first two episodes I didn't realize like how much yeah. happens in the first two episodes and then you're thinking about it too where you're like if that had just gone slightly differently from this first episode x y and z thing that happened on down the road would not have happened mm-hmm. uh there's a lot of things early on that could have been avoided if people had just listened to other people uh and it's it's interesting to to see that now from the get-go um but yeah again there's so much it's a very dense first couple episodes uh for the setup yeah and so that was interesting to, to go back and watch that. But, um, but yeah, so that's that's what I watched. Cool. Any video game news from you? There is video game news. That's funny. That's you should ask. 
That's the thing I was going to look up. Well, while you're looking um, that up, while you're looking I, that I, up, I do have. We well, can go ahead. Um, just a quick bit of uh, TV news. Um, as of today, Tuesday, uh, ABC's revival of Roseanne finally got canceled. Yes, uh, because say, of racial remarks. <laughs> yes, the uh, transgender remarks weren't enough to stop them, but yeah. racial remarks. In were. In case people weren't uh, aware of uh, this actress, uh, this actress's beliefs and. Morals or whatever, uh, it was pretty evident um, after a, tw- uh, a tweet she said about a former um, uh, Obama White House uh, staffer and chairman. Um, and it was not very nice. And that sounds like that's probably the nicest thing I can say is that yeah, it wasn't that very it was nice. not very nice. It yeah. was not very nice. Um, so and also the fact that I think it was I think it was kind of like the writing was on the wall because it had been kind of renewed. Yeah, it'd been renewed for a second season, and then the showrunner Whitney Cummings, who I didn't realize was running the show, oh, was kind of shocked. I didn't either. Yeah. She was running the damn thing. She said she would not return for a second season, and that was like, okay. Yeah. First of all, didn't know she was running it. Second yeah. of all, yeah, I wouldn't expect her to work on that show. Yeah. And then Wanda Sykes also tweeted out she's not coming back, and then that was the kind of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Just steamrolled from there. Yeah. When I read who was actually working on the show, writing on the show, I was very surprised. Yeah. But I think a lot of I them. Saw the were, big names. Well, yeah, a lot of people that were working on it behind the scenes were comedians, and comedians themselves are very like they're very they're envelope pushers. They like yeah, to thick they like skin. To, yeah, thick skin. They like yeah. to get you a little uncomfortable. But I feel like this was the straw that broke the proverbial camel's back. Yeah. And I, I, I have not watched the Roseanne revival, and I didn't watch Roseanne growing up. I did a bit. Um, I didn't have anything against it. I just didn't watch it. Yeah, no, it's one of those things. Like, it's kind of like when you're homesick. Like, it's on a lot. Price is right. Price is right. Price yes. Is right. Price Looney is right Tunes. Yep. That's what's on during the day. Yep. Roseanne was on occasionally. Yeah. But like, I had heard good things about the revival from mm-hmm. the, like the first couple episodes that have been out. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, like. When they said this was canceled and ABC was dropping it or whatever, I wasn't terribly surprised. Um, R- Roseanne herself has been kind of outspoken about like some hot topics, yeah. And so this was like kind of non news to me. I was like, oh, I was just wondering when that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but that sucks for everyone else involved because it does sound like there were a lot of good comedic writers involved, yep. And then the rest of the cast. Who necessarily doesn't share those views that now they're having to be dropped because of this is like a it's kind of a crap situation for them yeah i get it um yeah so i was i mean i'd never seen it but i'm kind of glad that happened just because you don't want that kind of person i mean i'm all for free expression but come on you cross some lines yeah gonna, gonna have to take that job away you know what i'm saying um anyway uh what video game news go so video game news <laughs> um i don't remember if i mentioned it last week uh but Interestingly, in Japan, Nintendo, most of my news is related to Nintendo this week again. Oh, Such a fanboy. I love Nintendo. Such a fanboy. They're boy. so good. They're doing a lot of good things right now. A lot of, a lot of good things. Um, in Japan, they are releasing a Switch bundle that doesn't include the dock. You talked about that last week. I did? Yeah. Okay, well, I'll stop there then. It's pretty cool still. Um <laughs> Um, it's, it's, it's pretty cool it's, still. It's pretty cool. It's, like, it's a neat thing. Um, also, they just announced today a new Legend of Zelda bundle for the 2DS. And more specifically, the new 2DS XL. Because You sent me a link, yeah? Yeah. All right. Whoever named their systems should be fired. Because literally <laughs> the thing is called the new 2DS XL. 
Like, that is its full name. It's not new just because it's new right now. It, new is in the name. But it, it looks sweet. Um, okay. It's based on Link's Hylian Shield. Uh, and the new 2DS, uh, 2DS XL has the same technology that's in the 3DS XL, or specifically the new 3DS XL. Again, right. terrible naming conventions. Um, but it just doesn't have a 3D screen. So that's pretty sweet. I love a Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition. I love Legend of Zelda. Um, that was just announced today. Very sweet. Uh, check that out. But also, there has been a leak of uh, what Nintendo is supposedly going to present at E3 this year. Normally that's kept under pretty close wraps, but um, there was a leaked like sheet of the presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're going to have an intro trailer showing off a bunch of like just Hot Reel stuff, like showing off what's going to be on the Switch, what's going to be on the 3DS, things like that. Uh, and then a list of cool things. Uh, we do know that already at E3 this year, Super Smash Brothers for the Switch is going to be the main thing that they're showing off. And so, we like, we already knew that was going to be a thing. It's going to be sweet. Smash Brothers. Everyone loves... Well, I can't say everyone. Lots of people love Smash Brothers. Who doesn't love Smash Brothers? I, I can't say everyone. That's, that's a generalization that I can't make. But a lot of people do. It's a fantastic game. A fantastic series. A lot yeah. of fun. We play it a lot. Yep. Our uh, Fox versus Sheik slash Captain Falcon battles. <laughs> um, Never ends. It just... It's ongoing. But, uh, um... So that's the main thing they're talking about. Apparently, there's a new Punch-Out in the works uh, for the Switch. Okay. Not sure if it's going to be motion. I assume with the the Joy-Cons, it mm-hmm. could be, but potentially not. Especially when you're on the go, you might not want to do that. Um, the new Metroid Prime, they're going to talk more about, uh, which they announced actually last year, but it was very kind of closed. They didn't have much about it other than it was happening, Metroid Prime 4. Right. Uh, Splatoon 2 expansion pack. Uh, it's been very successful for them. Splatoon 2 has as a, a third-person shooter, like, arena shooter game. Uh, they've done a lot of cool stuff with that. Actually, recently, they had, they call them Splatfests, where you choose a team. No, no, no. Splatfest is fine. Because you splatter people with paint. But Splatoon 2, they've been doing really cool stuff. They have these Splatfests where you pick a team. And so, like, the first one was, like, Team Ketchup or Team Mayonnaise. But now they've gone into like Ninja Turtles, where it's like, are you Team Donatello or are you Team Raphael? Are you Team Michelangelo or are you Team Leonardo? And so you have these options uh, between these two Ninja Turtle teams, and then whatever team you vote for, you actually get a shirt featuring an art depiction of that character from the new Ninja Turtle series that's starting on Nickelodeon called Rise of the Ninja Turtles. So it's a cool collaboration that they're doing. Uh, it's interesting to see that that's Nintendo is branching out and opening up to collaborations like that. Um, but Splatoon 2 has been very successful for them, especially overseas. So uh, Fire Emblem, they have talked about a new Fire Emblem game being in the works as well last year at E3. Again, not much was given other than that it was happening. So it's cool that we might hear more about that. Fallout 3 Anniversary Edition. Ooh. Um, Bethesda has actually been teasing a new Fallout announcement on their Twitch page. If you go to their Twitch page right now, or at least before I came over here, if you went there, um, they had the Pip-Boy, and it just had like the Fallout kind of old school TV logo that says, please stand by. And so they're teasing an announcement. I'm assuming it's this Fallout 3 Anniversary Edition coming to the Switch, probably coming to every other system as well. 
Uh, but up oh, to just pulling it up right now. I'm gonna, I'm just people that are watching. I'm I'm sending you links because I love you. Oh, well, there you go. He's taking care of you. But so that's kind of also being teased right now, uh, which Fallout 3 is fantastic, and being able to have that remastered in a portable console on the Switch to take with you will be great. Like, who wouldn't want that? Like, those games like Skyrim, uh, Fallout 3, Fallout 4, if they do that, any of those Bethesda games that have so much content, but being able mobile to take it with you and move mm -hmm. around with it, it's just, it's great. Um, then a new Yoshi's Island game. What? Uh, is being teased here called Yoshi's Flipping Island. <laughs> Are you censoring for the folks at home? No. Or is that what it's called? It literally says flipping. Okay. Uh, Nintendo wouldn't call it <laughs> Yoshi's Fucking Island. They should. I know. Happy Sorry. Time Murders. Uh, right? Happy Time Murders. We'll talk about that later, too. There's something about that that happened recently uh, in the news. You're going to have to tell me about that because I didn't pay attention to it. Um, something called Pokemon Let's Go. And there's a Pikachu edition. Not and to be confused with Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Go. Uh, a Pikachu edition and an Eevee edition. Not sure what that's about. Uh, most people want news <laughs> about the full-on Pokemon RPG that they announced last year that, again, they teased, gave no information on other than it's happening. That's not the news that we would want, I don't think. I don't think that's... That doesn't sound like a full-fledged Pokemon game, but maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong, and that's just their naming convention again. That same fucking naming guy strikes again. With terrible names. Who's the naming guy? I don't know. You take his job. I know, right? You should take his job. I could do better than we, we, you, yep. 3DS, new 3DS, new 3DS XL. <laughs> like, come on. Come on, man. Come on. All, 2XL was something totally different. Oh, man, I remember 2XL. A new F Zero. A lot of people have been clamoring for a new F Zero game for a long time. Uh, the last one that came out was on the GameCube uh, in collaboration with Sega. It was very fast, Sega. very hard. Um, but it didn't sell well, and so Nintendo kind of shelved it. Yeah. And so now they're willing to try again, and I guess they're working on some risks here, um, willing to branch out and try some new things, which is great because they have a lot of good IPs that they've been holding back. Um, so hopefully we'll see more of that. Uh, Fortnite. Everyone loves Fortnite. It's on literally every device now except the Switch. Rumor is it's coming to the Switch too. Uh, maybe too little too late. I mean, it's already on mobile. You can play it on your phone if you want. Uh, so they, they might have missed the, the, the boat on this one. But uh, a lot of people are still excited to have the Switch to be able to play this. Um, people love Fortnite. It's going crazy. And actually, PUBG is now suing Epic over Fortnite for copyright infringement. Really? Um, I didn't read the specifics about that, but I just saw that well, they were... what kind so, of news person are right, you? Right, right. The worst Jeez. kind. The worst kind. Um, I, I, have, I have Fortnite downloaded on my ex, on your Xbox. On my Xbox <laughs> that he's borrowing. But I haven't I haven't even played it yet. I know. I'm a bad, bad gamer. You are. Yeah, But well, we, we still love you anyway. <laughs> we need to get play Sea of Thieves or new DLC. Yeah. The hungering, right hungering Deep. We'll have to... Evan's been playing it. Shout out to Evan. Shout out to Evan. He ain't watching. He's Man, not. No shout out to Evan. Well, he ain't but watching. It's still Evan. <laughs> um, lastly... Star Fox, the Lilat system. Um, early rumors said this was going to be a racing game a la Diddy Kong Racing with like a hub world, quests, bosses, all that good stuff. Um, nothing official yet, but this is rumored to be coming from Retro Studios, the studio that brought us the original Metroid Prime series mm -hmm. and more recently the Donkey Kong Country series on the Wii, the Wii U. Um, oh, that's right. So, the rumor is that they're working on this Star Fox game, 
whether it's a racing game or not remains to be seen. Uh, but that's kind of like the the sheet that was leaked for what's to be expected from Nintendo's E3. Um, super excited about E3. There's going to be a lot of good stuff this year. I know Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to be there. All this Nintendo stuff. Uh, Microsoft needs to have something because they've been very quiet about first-party titles and they don't have a lot of offerings to differentiate themselves from other platforms where Sony's releasing things like God of War, Detroit Become Human, right. all these first-party titles. So hopefully we'll see something good from Microsoft as well. Uh, but yeah, it's. I think it'll be a really good E3. Actually, I took the week off. Uh, you went ahead and took the week off. I took the E3. whole week off for E3. And you're not even uh, going. Nope, I'm going to stay home and watch it, but hopefully I'll have some stuff up on my blog, maybe some recordings, uh, some live reactions, something like that. You're going to write a blog post? I know. It's been a while. Uh, but SMH. I, there's so much stuff going on that I wanted to be there for it and wanted to list, like watch it live. Uh, I live alone now, no distractions, sit down and do that, and just go from there, man. It, uh, I'm excited. Having that time off will be nice, getting away from work, and then just nerding out uh, for an entire week will be great. But that's all the gaming news I have right now. Awesome. Uh, happy Time Murders real quick. Uh, <laughs> we talked about this on the last podcast. If you haven't seen it, uh, the, the Red Band trailer for the Happy Time Murders uh, came out a, a day or two before Deadpool actually premiered. And then showed... It came out on the day it premiered. Okay. It was it was attached to it, and then came out. Came out then. Uh, so yeah, it was showing with Deadpool 2, and very ridiculous. The tagline is, no Sesame, all street. And uh, Sesame Workshop took offense to that. <laughs> and they are now suing the creators of Happy Time Murders. If it's uh, just for the tagline, that's okay. I I think that's all it is. Well, they don't want to be associated with that. So, like, if they just take all that down, take down their posters, stop advertising it in that way, should all be fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure why they thought they could get away with that exactly. Um, it's funny, though. Henson. Everyone who watched it, like, I'm sure... Like, I, we all laughed. Yeah, but I can see people being super offended. Yeah. But, pe you know what? Who cares? Life's too short. People are the worst. Life's too short to be offended. Um. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But that is uh, pending litigation. Okay. Uh, on them, and so that was just another tidbit of news that I had. Gotcha. Well, that's a lot of news to digest. Um. So that's what I do. That's right. Uh. Without further ado, let's get into our review of Solo. Solo, a Star Wars story. Ba, 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 ba. You're after something. Is it revenge? Money? Or is it something else? You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together crew. I'm a driver, and I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Well, what do you know? You got a line on a ship? Yeah, I know a guy. He's the best smuggler around. I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything 
you've heard about me is true. Whoa. <laughs> L3! Let go of the mean man's face. Who are these guys? If you come with us, you're in this life for good. You might wanna buckle up, baby. During an adventure into the criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his future co-pilot Chewbacca and encounters Lando Calrissian years before joining the Rebellion. That is the official synopsis for Solo, a Star Wars story, um, courtesy of IMDb. Uh, Mark, what were your thoughts um, about Solo? I've been preparing myself for this because I know <laughs> we're going to disagree here. It's, it's okay. That's that's you, what this is for. That's you warned me. For. You warned me. But it was also because before we went to see this movie, you were like, I don't really have any interest in seeing this movie. And the last time you said that was Ready Player One. So. And so when you say that. So I'm, when, I'm a good judge of if a movie is good or not. No, you're not. You're not. <laughs> when you go into a movie saying you're not interested in seeing it, you're going in to be overly critical not to enjoy the no, movie. Yes. That, no, that's That incorrect. is 100% true. No, it's not. It's, Both it's of no, those movies no you were way. very overly critical about. Okay, first of all, we haven't talked about Solo yet. But I'm assuming because of what you said earlier. We haven't gotten there yet. We'll see. We'll see. But, but, Ready Player One, you were very overly critical of that one. Because it was not a good movie. <laughs> that's why I was so critical of it. Other people that I know that saw it were fine with it. Like, okay. they, they disagreed. That's fine. Uh, I, th I think it's a bad movie, and they don't. And that's, that's I mean, the we're way it is. This. People are allowed that's to disagree. That's the way it is. But I've noticed a pattern when Taylor is like, I'm not interested in seeing this movie. And then we go see that movie. He is overly critical. Okay, anyway. So, I'm just putting that out there. No. He's going to disagree. Go. But I enjoyed the movie. Okay. I had fun watching it. Okay. Uh, coming from a very like nerdy Star Wars background, uh, I enjoyed kind of like that look into early Han Solo's life, and again, just had fun watching it. Um, I do think it suffered a little bit from having to be reshot, and whatever may or may not have happened with the acting coaches. Um, I think there was maybe a little disjointed because of the different directors that came in. But, all in all, uh, I had a good time watching it. I enjoyed seeing some of the origins of Han Solo as we know him. Uh, and I think it hit on a lot of notes that fans wanted to see uh, for Han Solo especially. Uh, various meetings and introductions to characters that we know and love from the original trilogies and beyond. Right. So, what did you think, Taylor? Okay, I'm... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. See, here's, here we go. Here we go. I'm missing back. Here here's go. the thing. I had fun watching this movie. Did you? I did. I had fun watching this movie. Um, and... But? but however, yeah, there, there is a but. There's a but coming. Now, however, by the time it was over... I my I was thinking to myself, did, did I really just watch anything? Like, was it worth seeing? Now, granted, it was because you paid for the ticket. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, I, I had fun. I really did have fun watching this movie. Now, I when you said you had fun, but you had issues, I feel the same way. But I'm feel I did. I'm just gonna have more issues. Um, and the thing that I have to remember. Or that I don't have to remember because I actively remember it is that everybody watches a film 
differently. For me, this was a fun heist film with some good performances. I had zero issues with the acting. Zero issues. Um, I felt everybody was really great in their respective roles. Um, there was one incident, which we'll get into into spoilers, that I was unsure about what my reaction to Donald Glover in this situation should be, um, but we'll talk about that later. My... I, okay, I'll tease this, but then we'll go further into it in spoilers. Is that Han Solo's what? Tease. <laughs> Han, this is the tease motion. Okay, is that what that is? This is okay. tease motion. Han Solo's character arc went nowhere, or it's something that I have that is stale for him. Um, I'll get more into that. Okay. Um, but. Like I said, I had fun. Um, some of some things just didn't quite make sense to me. Um, I felt like we could have just they could have gone different routes. And I know that this this film went through a bunch a bunch of controversy of controversy. Um, oh, controversy! Yeah, <laughs> just a bunch of just a bunch of unfortunate things that happened with yeah. the firing of uh, uh, Lord and Miller, yep. and then the bringing on of Ron Howard, who. All three of those guys are talented directors, but they each bring something different to the scene. For sure. This was the most expensive Star Wars movie ever made. Because of all the reshoots. $250 million. They had to shoot 70% of the... No, excuse me. They had to shoot 85% of this over again, but 70% of it made it in the final cut. 55% of statistics are made up on the spot. Yeah, just made that up. Just kidding. It's an article that I'm going to link to you guys watching on Facebook right now. Um... So there were those issues. Um, I think that it was it was a fun mess for me. That, mess. It was a fun mess for me to watch because these are characters, for the most part, that I'm already introduced to and I'm digging. Um, one quick thing that I feel like would have been really cool if it actually had gone through. So when the original movie shot, um, the character of give me one second the character oh uh, Dryden Voss yeah played by Paul Bettany yeah, Paul Bettany's character yes Paul Bettany played Dryden Voss only when Ron Howard joined Michael K. Williams played Dryden Voss for the entire shoot during during Lord Miller no for the reshoots they needed him and he couldn't do it because he had a, he had something else booked mm. so he so Michael K. Williams spent all this time on a movie he'll, on never, a be movie he'll for. never be in. Interesting. Which sucks for him. Yeah, that does. And that's just that's not like. But maybe not if this is as bad as you think yeah, it is. But it's not. But it's like, not like uh, it's not anybody's fault. It's yeah. just kind of that's unfortunate for that actor because he's a really good actor. And Paul Bettany's a good actor too. I have no issues with him. Um, I felt like uh, yeah, some instances for me were not. Some people use the word cringeworthy. I'm not going to go that far. That's just like, man, that sounds harsh. Yeah, that is a little harsh. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that... I think this was the first movie for me. Granted, you know, there's tons of Star Wars movie, tons of Star Wars intellectual property. Yeah. This was the moment, this was the film that made me think or realize personally that... Disney now is running the show. Interesting. Because, I mean, spoilers, obviously we'll get into that, but because of this overall feeling now that Disney's just going to keep making something that we're already aware of so that they can make money, which everybody's in the movie, movie making business to make money, not solely to make money, but this is kind of, kind of what's happening. You know, gotcha. Marvel 
and now Star Wars. So I take issue with that just because, I mean, I like money. I would like yeah. to make money. But I want to I want to walk away from a film having gained something intangible. Gotcha. But that's just me. Um, but I say all that. I had fun watching this movie. It wasn't like Ready Player One where I was looking at my phone the whole time trying to figure out what time it was now on this movie and pass by. <laughs> I will say, too, that this kind of exists in a weird space where it's very much for, like, Star Wars fans. Yes. I was talking about people with Fan this before. Fan service for sure. Yes. Um, and so there's a lot of things that you won't understand in this movie unless you've looked into expanded universe stuff if you watch the animated series if you've read comics anything like that like you don't understand some parts of this unless you've done all those things and so like it's very like yeah for the fans but at the same time the fans are going to be the ones that are going to nitpick and they're going to like chew this up and so it's like it exists in this weird space for that i was actually talking with my coworkers today about it and she made an interesting point and she said the people that she knows that enjoyed the last jedi did not like this. You. I am one of those people. And then the people who were meh about Last Jedi enjoyed this. And that's more where I am. Okay. Like, Last Jedi, to me, was... It was okay. Yeah. I liked this more than I liked Last Jedi. Okay. And so, like, it's this weird dichotomy where, like, we're starting to branch now, even, on, like, Star Wars fandom and the way it's being approached. And, you know, you have, like, this one branching path that's going off over here with these new directors trying out new things with the main series of Star Wars and then you have these people going out and trying out these new things with the Star Wars stories and it's just interesting to see like that the people who enjoyed those things enjoyed them differently and then that's kind of where they branch they're going to the cow one too many times uh, especially with Last Jedi just coming out in December this is very quick turnaround for and this part, to be released. I've heard a theory that maybe, like, so going off of the Last Jedi uh, Han Solo pola uh, polarity, like, did the fact that Last Jedi came out six months ago affect the box office record for Solo, Solo. because it drastically undershot its mark? And not even that. I think that it was released so close to Infinity War also mm -hmm. that there's a lot of overlap between Marvel and Star Wars fans that like you're just asking they're, ca they're called nerds mark yeah hey. <laughs> i don't I like to don't like to call names i'm one of them it's okay uh but like that there's a lot of overlap there where like avengers infinity war is still riding pretty strong then they throw out another movie that's the same studio essentially like disney still owns all this and you're just like hammering it home and it's too much too quickly like they need to take the time and like breathe life into these stories and make sure they're fleshed out in the way they need to be and then release them and so yes to go into the, the well too many times go into the milk and the cow till it's dry like there's a lot of analogies you can make but I did still enjoy this movie okay well I feel like that's that's pretty good we'll kind of get into the we'll go ahead and get some of the spoilers um so yeah let's do the spoiler stuff starting spoilers. right now sorry can't say What's that word you use? Spoilers. I like that word. So Taylor, why do you hate all things that are good? Why do I hate all things that are good? Man, Go for it. Why you gotta, why you gotta <laughs> be like that? Um, 
Oh, hold on. Here's here's. <laughs> hold up. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay. <clears throat> oh, he's pulling up articles. He has to he has no, to reference not, his no, opinion. No, no, it's not an article. This is this is a uh, it's a plot breakdown, so we okay. can kind of go over um, okay. what we're Whatever supposed to talk about here. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to do service to this movie. Are you? Um, you know, people worked on this movie. Okay, they did. real real quick story. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I know okay. where you're going yeah, yeah, real quick story. So Mark and I go see uh, Solo on Sunday, yep. Sunday afternoon at our local uh, Regal Cinema. Yeah, it was like 240 yeah, or whatever. Just, yeah, it's like early afternoon. afternoon. It's in the afternoon. Uh, movie ends, credits start rolling. They go past the uh, the credits that are still kind of themed. Yeah, like the like animated the, credits. The animated credits, and they just go, the crawl starts going. And... We're like the only two people in the theater, but the crawl just started. Yeah. Like people have left already. Um, and this usher comes up to us. He's like, hey, guys, there's there's nothing after this. There's nothing else. The movie's over. You can, you can leave. And I said, we know, but we watch the credits. And he was like, oh, okay, that's yeah, fine. And I was like, listen, I- I'm glad that Marvel has... Has made post-credit scenes a thing so people yes. feel like they need to stay. Exactly, because so many people, thousands of people worked on these movies and they deserved to see their name seen. Now, there's a shit ton of names up there, yeah. so you're not going to read everybody's name, exactly. but they, they deserve to be witnessed at some point. Um, so I'm one of those guys that just, I no matter what the movie is, no matter if I know there's a credit sequence or not at the end of it, I stay and watch everybody because everybody worked on the film and they deserve to be recognized. Okay. There's a lot of hard work that goes into these movies. Exactly. Uh, and yes, I, I agree with that. So when the guy was like, there's nothing after this you can leave, I was like, bruh. But there's credits. There's credits. And are you in a rush to sweep the popcorn from, there's only 15 people there or something like that. Like just calm yeah, it was not a packed theater. Okay. <laughs> Rant over. Um, Andrew, we're going to get to your question as we go through this film. Oh, he's asking where does it take place in like the Star Wars universe. In the Star Wars timeline. Yes. Um, so we'll get to that. Yes. Because so, that's one of the things that people might not understand, especially if they haven't watched some of the other things for Star Wars. the end of the movie. Yes. And we're like, what the fuck? The very end, um, which we'll get to. We'll get to. <laughs> so... I'll go ahead and just kind of read through some plot points here. Um, Leg. There we go. <laughs> six years after the formation of the Galactic Empire on the shipbuilding world of Corellia. You're excited about that. Corellia. A quote-unquote scum rat and, a, and, a, and an aspiring pilot and aspiring pilot named Han and his lover Kira long to escape the clutches of the local criminal gangs. Um, the opening of this film worked for me. Like this this whole movie, it was a heist movie, okay? It was a yeah. lot of fun. Had a bunch of different action sequences in there. Um, it opened up pretty well. I mean, the only criticism I have is just based on the fact that I hate doing this. <laughs> but like, if... But after a movie, I'm like, they should have done it like this because yeah. everybody can say that. But yeah. for me, it was like, this was a, it was, it was successful. I connected with these characters. I understood the relationship between Han and Kira. I'm like, okay, these, they, they've been together for a little bit. They're in love. I don't they, they need. They came from similar circumstances. Yes. I don't like, need to see their whole backstory. Like I don't need, I, I can just understand it from the get go. So where's the sweet spot for you? Because Ready Player One, you're like, I don't know these characters. I don't fucking care about them. I don't believe their relationship. No, that was the They're whole terrible. No, no, the, thing, the thing. This is different. That's different. But like, it's like the opposite ends. So where's the it sweet is. spot for you? So the you? sweet spot for me is like, okay, so with what do you want to be told? <laughs> How do you want this to be served to you? <laughs> so for me, 
I don't want this to turn into a Ready Player One review. I'm not, no, my, okay. I, my, my issue I, with I all, my, my issue with all of the quote unquote relationships within Ready Player One is that I okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back to this, so don't jump down my throat just okay. yet. I didn't have enough time and within with those characters being around each other to really believe there are certain relationships. Now, what? No, I'm just joking. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. That they ruined your You're train. upsetting my dog. Did I ruin your Stop train of thought? Yelling. Stop yelling. They ruined your train of thought. <sighs> Man. So You didn't believe now the with, relationships. Now with yeah, now with Han now with Ha Solo, we're jumping in and we're showing people that it is already a relationship. Ready Player One relationship the a relationship supposedly developed over this movie, but I didn't buy it. With gotcha. this, it's like, listen, this is a relationship you need to care about. Like it, it the movie tells you that through their actions, through the dialogue, through the scene descriptions. Okay, so we get to this part. Um, I didn't really like. I didn't. And and Han is, you know, he's that lovable. He's already like kind of a lovable scamp. Like he's already kind of how he is. Yeah, he's already kind of how he is when we see him later in the Star Wars films. Um, but it was kind of fun. They had a, they had a cool little chase scene. Um, and I also bought the kind of commitment to this relationship because even though we didn't spend, we didn't literally didn't spend that much time with them. Once they get to like the, uh, if you want to call it the the customs, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, when they're trying to, when they're trying to, yeah, when they're trying to escape, they they didn't they didn't qualify for pre-check, yeah, Uh, when they're trying to get through um, uh, to escape the planet. And she gets held behind. She's like, no, you go. Like, yeah. that's something that someone who had been a deep community relationship, that's something that she would say to her said lover. Um, all that worked for me. Like, I was I was, I was, was enjoying it. I didn't have too many issues. I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of fun. Okay, this is, this is kind of what we're in for. Yeah. So the movie's going to be about him getting back to her, and then we'll see what happens yeah. once that rolls around. How much time has passed? Um, What's happened? But then we get to how Han Solo got his name. Yeah, that was, okay. was, was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will agree with that. Um, yeah. That's, because he was alone when he was going through customs. And they're like, or no, not through customs. When he's signing up for the Imperial Academy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Who are your people? I yeah. don't have any people. Oh. So you're alone? Yeah. Solo. Solo. Han Solo. First of all, did we need an explanation of his name? Because his name kind of sounds like a Star Wars name. Like, yeah. Like Obi-Wan like, Kenobi? Like, well, we don't need an explanation. They were all like, like originally it was Luke Starkiller. And like, <laughs> like, there's all these things where like, the names are very self-explanatory. You don't need the backstory for them. Yeah. And so I, I will agree. With, I will concede that point that we didn't need that. But it was kind of like a fun moment where you're like, oh, hey, like, uh, it's a solo. That's where he comes from. But. This was me. Face palm. <laughs> uh, I think I actually leaned over to you and nudged you. I was like, get it? Because it's the name of the cause, movie. Because he's alone and it's the movie name. And yeah, fun. That was just, that was that was a little too on the nose for me. I'll agree with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so from there we go to his time very briefly in the Imperial Academy, right? Where right. then he's kicked out, and he's a grunt. He wanted to be a pilot, uh, obviously a talented pilot. Mm-hmm. Gets shoved into grunt work, uh, and he's just like 
basically a, a soldier on the front lines. Yeah. Which I thought that whole that whole sequence, that whole scene was a very interesting look for this kind of Star Wars uh, universe that we've been around like the, in. Like the warfare scene like yeah, that? Yeah, we, we haven't seen anything like that, which I thought was kind of cool because obviously, obviously it takes place earlier in the Star Wars realm, yeah. so it's kind of neat. The Empire's uh, still getting off the ground. They're still dominating people, yeah. like taking over systems and but things it's, like that. I thought, it's more of like the aesthetic of it, of like kind of like they're kind of in trench, like trench warfare. Yeah, like Yeah, like uh, I think I heard somewhere I was reminded of like, you know, like World War One or World War Two, yeah. and I thought yeah. that was kind of neat. Um, so there was that, like that, yeah, that whole. I was, I was cool with all that. The only thing that was weird to me was like, like he got, he got caught by, he got caught by the imposter, yeah, Beckett, and then Beckett was like, no, just, just uh, get rid of him, throw him to the beast or whatever, yeah. Um, which I want to come back to to, to the beast in just one second. Which um, why, why was that a problem? No, that, not that a, no. So it was more of like. Uh, He's like, I have like, and once he escapes the beast, which we'll come back right back yeah, to. Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah, they're waiting for me. When it was never really kind of established that they were gonna like he like it was in it was in his it's, head. Yeah, it's the gamble. Yeah, yeah. No, I got that, and that that but that was a small it was a small thing I had where I was like I just I would have liked like maybe a nod from one of the other co-conspirators, been like, if you can like, if you can make it by this time or something like that maybe but like no, I said it's small, like, yeah, small that's, small that's thing. his thing is taking the risk and so like he didn't know they were going to be waiting for him he just felt like if he got there he could prove himself yeah I get that I get and that. so like he was like we gotta, I gotta get there they're waiting for me I get that even though they weren't I get that but uh yeah I thought that was interesting that yeah when they first introduced Beckett as the captain and like it's his word against Han Solo's but Han is already kind of known as the smart ass. Yeah. And he's mouthy and he doesn't fall in line, which is very his character. Yeah. He doesn't fit in in an Imperial situation at all. Correct, yep. That he's already, like, singled out for that. So when it's his word against the captains, captains, they choose the captain's word. And then he gets thrown to the monster. Yeah. The beast. Um, and the beast is Chewbacca. Yay. Chewbacca, yeah. He shows up. <laughs> he shows up. I thought that was just kind of a cool moment because we were never really, we never really were privy to how they met in the first place. You weren't. Okay. Oh, what? <laughs> is there something beyond? Was that evident in something beyond the movies? It, no. Okay. In expanded universe, they've talked in about the, in the expanded universe. Yes. Yeah. I've yeah. I've just seen. I know. Well, that's why I said you weren't. Yeah. So all right, that'll come up to a. <laughs> that comes to a whole another thing that I have a problem with, and we'll get to that. Once yeah. We which get is to what our, we talked about. Once we get after to our big ca- once we get to our big cameo over Yeah. Um, but like this was an interesting moment where it's the first time Han meets Chewbacca, and so like, for people uninitiated, uh, it's interesting to see that moment where these two who are like so close and are like best friends how they meet the circumstances they meet and I thought that was interesting um I I was talking about this earlier too it's interesting that they don't go into the specifics around it where there is a thing called the Wookiee life debt where if you like save a Wookiee's life, they are indebted to you. And I then, knew, I, yeah, I knew that. Part. I knew yeah. that about the life debt part. And so they'll stick around and they'll take care of you, do whatever, as like a, a debt to you for saving them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like obviously that's too much like slavery. 
to to like much of an indented like indentured servant kind of per- like it's too much to explicitly call that out. And so while that is something that had been previously established as canon, like Wookiee life debts and whatnot, I feel like it was glossed over this way to make Han and Chewbacca seem more like just buddies who they happen to help each other out of a tough spot rather than being full on like, oh, I owe you my life, so I'm going to follow you forever and then go from there. But so, like, it was still interesting to see that first moment where, like, the two of them meet. Obviously, they're at odds. Chewbacca's hungry. Yeah. I uh, I didn't have any issues with that scene other than I thought it was, like, it it felt like uh, Han spoke... Chewbacca ease by accident, like it sounded Chewbacca like. Chewbacca ease. Yeah, I, I don't know what the hell to call it. Like it sounds like it's. <laughs> it just sounded like he was gurgling, and it, it sounded like I think I heard a comparison of like it, like just any, any any fifth grader trying to impersonate Chewbacca. Yeah. <laughs> like you do the best you can with what you got. Yeah. People I, I are not it. equipped to to speak Chewbacca's tongue. Yeah, I get it. So. Chewbacca has some nice. Uh, he was looking good. He had some highlights in his hair. He looks pretty he's good. younger. Yeah, he's younger. 190 he's 100, years old. He's only 190. You look great. You look great for that. Um, okay, so yeah, then we get to the whole uh, the train heist, which was cool. The train heist. It was cool. That was a cool scene. Uh, I really, I, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty well shot. I didn't have too many issues with like how it was executed or anything like that. Um, I felt like you got a little bit of a glimpse into kind of Han having a little bit more heart. Yeah. Because he was trying to execute the plan as well as like trying to like save people save people yeah. uh, like Rio who I didn't realize was voiced by John Favreau and that was really cool. Yeah. Um the only problem I had with that scene was that I feel like half of the band of Beckett's like thieving crew mm-hmm. were throwaways. Well, like his crew wasn't that big. Exactly. Like Well, I mean like it was it was him Fanny Newton's yeah, character. Yeah. In Rio. In Rio. But those like those two though, like I feel like they didn't establish them enough for us to care. And then they just threw them away. Yeah, I yeah, the thing is I felt more um I wanted more Tandy I wanted more Tandy Newton. Yeah. Like she's she's a great actress and I felt like they West just kinda, World. Yeah. Also, alright, help me out with this. The third part of the plan, which is blowing up the bridge. Yeah. Why do they have to blow up the bridge? To get the train off the tracks to scoop it up, because it's hooked on it, like literally, it's like wrapped around the track. Oh, okay. So they had to blow up the bridge. Because so I knew it, I knew it was connected to the other cars, so I understood unlinking it. But I, okay, got it. Yeah, that makes sense. I so gotcha. then when it rolled, when it ran off the track, they could fly off with it that because it's sense. literally like connected to the track. I got you. I got you. That makes so sense. So that's why they had to do that. Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah, I was I was kind of lost about that. Like, I like explosions, yeah. but I just wasn't sure, like, why... We just got to blow shit up <laughs> just so we can get the I stuff w- away. I wasn't exactly sure uh, why uh, why they did that. But, but as soon as they were like, don't trip this thing or else these Viper droids will come, I was like, well, they're going to trip that thing. The Viper droids are going to come. Oh, yeah, and then definitely. It did. Yeah. And then it did. There was a whole... And they were like, we'd info, info SNES or whatever, like... They might know about this. They're going to show up, too. There was a whole... I mean, there's a whole bunch of... Like, not even foreshadowing. It's just, like, tropes. Like, if they say something about these people, it's going to happen. They're going to show up. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Rest in peace, Nanny Newman. Yeah. We we hardly knew ye (laughs) in this movie. Yeah. Um, And I kind of, you know... It was kind of weird, because the... 
character I I connected to most emotionally in this whole film was um, was Woody Harrelson's character Beckett. Yeah, Beckett. Like I don't know. I just kind of I just kind of dug in. It was kind of it was kind of cool to see also Woody Harrelson in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, because like cause this was like you know Star Wars has always been like that space western space opera type deal, yeah. and this was like a very true like kind of space western, and Woody Harrelson like fits that mold. For me, he took me out of the whole thing a bit. Really? Because, like, I've seen him in other things, and he's always weird. And, <laughs> like, he's kind of, he's almost too big of a name to be in these movies. Because traditionally, they've been, like, relatively, like, no name people until they get well known for these movies. And so, like, seeing him in there. And knowing Woody Harrelson from all these other things, like I was just like, uh, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. Um, that's not to say he didn't do a good job and his acting was good, uh, but it was just odd to me uh, to see him okay. in there. Okay, I did feel for him that like the woman he, that he loved supposedly like was gone. Did you maybe believe that relationship, Taylor? Nothing? No, no I'm uh, not getting it. He's not, he's not going to rise I'm not, I'm take, to the goading. I'm not taking your bait because I've already the, stayed in my To case. the goading. But yeah, so I mean, that's just like, it was it was weird for me to see him in there. Okay. And the same kind of with Amelia Clark, though. She will always be Daenerys because I've seen Game of Thrones, obviously, for seven seasons mm, now. Right, right. And that's what she's known for. Um, like, having these big names was a little odd for me. Well... Well, I'll, I'll I'll go off of what you're saying. So for me, Donald Glover will always be Troy from Community, <laughs> like like always. So that's that's I mean, but that's not ruining my perspective of him because he's great in Atlanta. He plays somebody totally different. Yeah. But every once in a while, has you know, but his kind his of moments, like, his moments, or his kind of his weirdness, his his lovely weirdness comes across in the writing of the show. Um, but speaking of Donald Glover. Let's go to the vertical uh, space yacht. Yeah. <laughs> um, that w- that was we had some fun scenes going on there. Um, was that sorry? Forgive me. Was that the was that the Saint Lando was in that space? Yeah. Was that was that somewhere else? That was somewhere else. That was after the space yacht. Oh, okay. All right. Spa- yeah. Okay. So we gotta go. To, we gotta go to the space yacht. Space and got, yacht. And then we'll we, go on. And we gotta get Kira. So Kira's reintroduced to this point. Yay! They had been separated on Corellia. I think they said three. Three years, yeah, three years. Um, Han hooks up with Beckett after escaping Imperial custody with Chewbacca. They go plan this heist. Uh, Dryden Vost, Paul Bettany's character, Mm -hmm. is the one backing this. He works for the Red Dawn. When they're on the yacht and the party's happening, Woody Harrelson's character's like, don't look at anyone, just look at the ground. Like, just ignore everyone. Yeah. He ends up bumping into Kira. Reunion happens. Yay. They're super happy. Um, yeah, and, so and it then, was like it was both nice and awkward at the same time because he was still in the same place he was three years ago, yeah. and she obviously isn't, but still cares for him. Yeah, and so that he, was like that was evident to me. Correct upon that, them meeting. That right did away. come across. Yeah, like Han has been searching for her, and that's been his sole goal the whole time. Sole goal. Sole goal the whole Solo time. Solo. Solo, soul go the whole time. <laughs> um, and so that was interesting, like, and I think that was portrayed very well. I think that came off, to your point, where that's he, all he wanted. He wanted to get back to her. 
that was what he was trying to do. Oh, that she wants. But she'd obviously been through some shit. Was not the same person. But was still happy to see him. Yeah. But like hesitant. Like she was like, yeah, I've, I've done some things you might not agree with. And that comes up later. <laughs> I've, I've seen some shit. I've seen some shit. Um, but yeah, I do think that was played off very well. And they were very clearly at different places uh, in their reunion. Mm-hmm. So I thought the. So for me, I had. Okay. Overall, I didn't have any issues with Alden Ehrenreich. Um, however, there were moments where that I felt like he was supposed to be that um, he was supposed to be charming in a way that he kind of like thinks on his feet and is like kind of clever and kind of funny. Yeah. All of those moments did not land with me. Really? Um, specifically going into uh, this, the our first scene with... Um, with Dryden Voss, where he's trying to kind of pitch a plan yeah. to Dryden Voss, like kind of off the cuff, and everybody's just kind of like awkwardly going along with it. Like, what about this place? Yeah, then, that to me wasn't like I didn't, I didn't know what that was supposed to be. If it was supposed to be just like if it was supposed to be kind of awkward, then I guess it was okay. But for me, I wasn't. I think it was. I think okay. this is still like early Han. Like he wants to be super charming and wants to like come off as charismatic in that way. Mm-hmm. But he's not there yet. He's not experienced in the ways of like these this level of criminal underworld. And so I think that was supposed to come off as slightly odd. And so I think that was intentional. I think that he came off that way because this is still young Han Solo. Mm-hmm. He's not fully experienced in the ways of like smooth talking his way out of things. But he's trying. Like, yes, he's been running scams on the streets of Corellia. Um, but he's not fully there yet and so I think that's part of what this is yeah okay I got you there Um, so from that point we go and we go try to win (laughs) we go try to uh, get a ship yes try to get a ship um, and we finally meet uh, Lando Calrissian that's played by Donald Glover I thought he nailed it man I really really, he was playing Billy D. Williams so good and I was I was a big fan no so good yeah Um, (laughs) I was a big fan I I enjoyed I enjoyed him embody that role Um, the the whole like I guess you call it a poker scene like Sabak yeah wasn't very interesting to me um, I it, it felt a little heavy-handed where he's like, "Oh, I would never be comfortable betting my ship." Oh, I got you to bet your ship. <laughs> yeah, uh, like it was. That was a <laughs> bit forced. I felt like, especially if Han's supposed to be like, kind of not quite there yet, but he goes in saying, "I'm gonna get him to bet a ship," and then within five minutes, he's betting his ship. Maybe the montage wasn't good enough maybe, for them maybe, playing. Maybe that's what it was. Um. But again, like, I'm not they needed that, to hit yeah. that note. They needed because people expected that because we know that That's Han how won, won the Millennium yeah, Falcon. No, I understand from that. Lando. I understand that. But then he didn't in this scene. Yeah, this was not the scene where that. he won the Falcon. <laughs> he lost. He did a ship that he didn't have. He was just he was just flying by the seat of his pants. Yeah, um, flying. Uh, I was. Pilot. Yeah, I get it. Uh, I was a big fan of uh, I was a big fan of L three. Pointing, okay, because they can see me over here. Yeah, I got you. I was a big fan of L three. 
L3 is great. I liked L3 a lot. Um, she deserved more <laughs> screen time than she actually got. Um, I think I read on one forum that I'm a part of. They were they were talking about how they they just thought like L they didn't like L3 that much, and the whole relationship between her and, and, Lando. and Lando was really weird. And I was like, listen, don't judge uh, sexual proclivities because you haven't tried it yet. Um, if you're into robot stuff, you're into robot stuff. All right. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of a fun relationship because we haven't seen that kind of relationship before. It, it was it was funny, and I definitely think that L three obviously overestimated the relationship that she had with Lando. Yeah. Was my understanding, yeah. not that the, he was actually fucking the robot, <laughs> uh, but that like she was like, yeah, he loves me. It's weird. I don't feel the same way. Like, well, she was like, can you do that thing again tonight? He's like, yeah. He's like, all right. <laughs> Like yeah, there was there were there were some odd parts there, but I I did like this is skipping ahead a little bit yeah that it explains where the Millennium Falcon kind of got the quirks from yeah no for sure um and we'll get to that more but I I did appreciate that um because like throughout the original trilogy like obviously you know with R two talking to talking to Millennium Falcon's Navi computer. C-3PO's occasionally, uh, all the issues they have, obviously, when they're stopping in various places, hyperdrive's never working when they need it to. All these things, like, you kind of get an explanation of where the quirks of the ship's character come from. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really cool uh, that they, they baked that in. And, yeah. And L3 was a great character. It was, she <laughs> was a great character. She deserved more screen time, which brings us to... Our uh, our, heist, our another heist. heist another heist uh, at a mining site um, in all, Kessel. Yeah, in in Kessel, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Kessel is much talked about in yes. the Star Wars universe. Yes. See, I know of, I know of Kessel. This is a spice colony. I know I know of Kessel. Um, spice is a drug. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but I think um, that whole thing that that mining heist sequence worked for me. I was a big fan of that. Um, I didn't notice until I didn't notice this until after the fact, but the disguise that uh, Beckett is wearing is, is the one this, Lando wears in Return of the Jedi. Which I'm like, okay. He already has that outfit. There. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's kind of okay. <laughs> that was that was a fan service thing. Hey guys, yeah. look at what he's wearing. Well, he's already it's got that. It's that, a thing. Yeah, he's got it in his closet. Which Lando's got some great capes, by the way. Yeah. He's just. He's just fully loaded on capes. Amelia, and that's, Amelia Clark was rocking that cape. Yeah. That was a good cape. It was hilarious. Like, she goes in there and she's like, swirling capes, like, trying them <laughs> on in the mirror. And then he's just like, they call out, they're like, this is, yeah. this is a lot of capes. This is this is too many capes. Um, too many capes. Too many capes. And so, like, I, I like that scene a lot. That that was like, because you don't see some of those, like, private quarters in the Millennium Falcon in other movies. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, the fact that it was there... And just full of capes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> was was a good scene. It was, it was funny. Yeah, that was a fun heist scene. And like I said before, that's like that's the my main enjoyment of this was all the heist scenes worked for me. Like I just thought they were a lot of fun. What? Still, still in the cape scene. All right. <laughs> it uh, it worked too because it was a throwback to Han and Leia making out, and C three PO interrupts them, and then okay. Later, is it a throwback or a throw forward? Throw forward in this case, <laughs> technically. Um, but then Han and Kira are making out, and Beckett comes in. He's like, 
am I interrupting? And he's like, kind of, yeah. Like, it's this whole, like, dichotomy where they're making these, like, yeah, but one references. Was, one was incest and one wasn't, so. No, neither of them were incest. incest. <laughs> oh, I, th- I thought you said Luke and Leia. No, Han and Leia. I thought you said Luke and Leia, my bad. In the Falcon. No, I understand Empire that. Empire Strikes Back. No, I understand that. Seats no. are up. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, listen, um, so listen. The whole, like, Sometimes. so the, toward the end of the, toward the end of the high scene when there's a huge tonal shift um the robot rebellion the robot well i mean that was kind of fun but i'm talking about the death of l3 um yeah. first of all that sucked i was mad because i liked l3 and i wanted to see more of her it was um, very unceremonious too she was leading the rebellion and then just got like gunned down yeah and okay here's where all right here's where i talked about earlier i wasn't sure how i was supposed to react to this moment of lando going and picking her up and trying to bring her back yeah when he like picks up her but she her parts start falling apart i started laughing in the movie theater yeah like but i don't feel like i'm not i'm not supposed to laugh at that though you weren't you weren't so many somebody she died like this is because it's obviously affecting lando because of how he acts the rest of the film as well but it's it was just fu- it was funny it was slapstick I, yeah, like I feel he was like, like trying to hold on and to she's like falling apart her. he's like yeah I'm like am I am I supposed to laugh like what's I happening laughed. right I mean but are we though are we supposed to laugh though I feel, that's like, a, I feel like that might have been a Lord of Miller scene maybe but like it would have been funny if that happened and then she recovered but she didn't didn't I still I don't think that makes it less funny. Maybe I'm just no, no, a broken I, I, like, person. I'm saying, like, was it supposed to be funny? That's what I'm trying to get at. Because the whole scene, that, that fight, that, like, war battle scene is a tonal shift because somebody finally, well, we know, dies. Yeah. And then also, well, I, thought, before, I thought it was kind of... Before kinda, that, we had seen, again, Fanny Newton's character and the John Favreau's character. Like, ran, but that was like, okay, uh, tonal shift... Maybe the wrong word for that, but those moments when those characters died felt serious. You know, we had time to kind of like linger on that, and then we yeah. had time to we had time to process that they knew that they were going to die. Are we back in droids' rights? Is this like we can go into droids' rights and the fact that she was all for droids' rights and Lando was all for that as well? But then when, but like <laughs> she when, dies, when, are, when are droids people versus when, when are they when she, just like? Well, when she dies, they take her and like remove her voice and just put her knowledge inside the Millennium Falcon and she no longer well, has a voice. They grabbed what they could and they tried to save her. I, 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 got, I got that. I just thought it was kind of kind but, of interesting. Like it was a, it, it was like um, kind of in The Last Jedi where uh, you have this whole like animal rights subplot. With the Porgs? Well that but also like the freeing of the, oh, the, the racing the, animals. Oh the racing animals in the yeah, casino. You have this yeah. whole subplot but it takes up like such a minute portion of the entire film that I'm kind of like Okay, why did we have this plot in here to begin with? If we're not going to kind of like there was, there was a lot of that in Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. I rec- yeah, th- those are flaws for sure. They tried to introduce a lot. I yeah. thought, um, like going like, th- like the running away for thirty six hours while they just run off to this casino planet, but they're just able to just keep running. It's weird. But what? anyway, never mind. Go ahead. 
Last Jedi. Okay. It was weird. Stop. Just, would you stop? Whatever. I'm, just, I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Whatever. So, so then we get into... So L3 dies. So then we get into the Kessel Run, the infamous Kessel Run. Yes. Um, where they're escaping. Which, where they... At the end of it, they use the equivalent... Of, they use the of Star Wars nitrous. equivalent of nitrous, of Nas. Yes. So <laughs> that escape. was the one problem I had with the Kessel Run. Okay. Like, it was too easy... Like, the Kessel Run was supposed to be this, like, ridiculous thing that no ship was supposed to be able to do. And the reason 12 parsecs, which is a distance, yes. uh, like a distance measure, not a time measure, correct, was impressive was because it ran so close to black hole clusters, a.k.a. the Maw. And so, like, it all just seemed very easy. Like, Han's just like, yeah, let's go through here. We're going to fly this way, and I'm going to spin, and you're going to hook up L3 up. We're going to get through this, no problem. Yeah. Oh, wait, we're falling into the maw. Throw some of that shit in the, the tank back here, <laughs> and we'll just get out. And so, like, even when, like, the engine stopped, and they started falling towards the maw, and then it kicked back in, and they took off, I still was like, this, this was too easy. Like, the weight of that moment, I don't feel like was portrayed appropriately for how iconic it was hmm. and how like significant of an achievement it was supposed to be. And that was that was my biggest complaint about this movie was that fact. But because I think I think they I think they corrected uh, I think they did a good job of um, correcting the fact that parsec is a measure of distance because yeah. they take a shortcut. Yeah. So they do it in a shorter distance, which yeah. I was like, okay, good. I'm glad Which they did that. I always, I, but I always love explaining it to people when I'm like, yeah, 12 parsecs. Let me push my glasses See, now you're here. not, now they give you, they give you, uh, you're not allowed to be such the, such the asshole because they explain it to you. But I, don't, I like being that guy. You like being the asshole? Yes. Right. That explains this. People need to know parsecs, distance, not Star time. Wars, Nazi. Yeah, right. Imperial, whoa, whoa, something or other. Whoa. <laughs> Nazi's a harsh term, man. But I like, that's one of those things that has been like around since New Hope like yeah. since the beginning yeah and like the fact that they were basically like yeah it's Nos put it there we fucking burn out of here <laughs> um, too convenient I feel like it never really felt like that was a difficult thing for them to do right they tried to play it up that way they're like oh when we're going through like uh, this gas cluster to get to Kessel you have to follow these pathways otherwise it's not safe 20 parsecs the closest you can do it. And they're like, fuck it, we'll just go through this cloud and yeah. then kick on the nitrous. Like, this, the stakes in that part were not enough for me. I gotcha. Cthulhu showed up and then they fought him yeah. off and they fired the escape pod and he got sucked into the black hole. But it didn't have the weight that I wanted it to have. And that was my biggest complaint really about this movie was just that that part is so iconic and I don't feel like it was done justice. I got you. I got you. Um, but eventually we get to uh, the, the little... Uh, what the hell is that planet called? The planet. Oh, uh, starts with uh, an S. Uh, uh, I'm looking for it. And when they go to refine the coaxium. Yes, they go to refine the coaxium so it's stable and they can take it and do whatever they want with it. Um, Besides making it into us. Yes. Uh, this, uh, that, I think this might have been the point in the movie where I was like, okay, what are, what are we doing? Um, this is the point where Han 
proves he's the good guy and he will do what's no, right. No, 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 that that comes in the next scene. I'm saying this so this scene in particular when we get to the part where um they're refining the coaxium they walk and up the hill. they get they get confronted uh by um Infosness or whatever. Yes, Infosness. Yeah. Um and then Han tries another one of his like he tries gambles, his, his gambles and then he's like Lando flies off peace um, because Lando was like we're not friends I don't want to ever see you again after this yes now the, but the thing was though is he said that he was gonna he was gonna stay in the Millennium Falcon until he got his money yeah did he ever get his money no he was- <laughs> He That's probably, where I was like, he, he probably left, saw people though. show up and was like, I'm out. That's the thing I was thinking, but I was kind of like, he Because Lando is averse to danger. Yeah, that's true. Also, did you catch on the fact that Lando said, I hate you, and then Han said, I know? I know, yeah. I thought that was funny. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. Part. There were a lot of little moments like that that yeah. are, again, pro- okay, three right, forwards. So, Ness, Ness, what the, what the hell is her Info's name? Infos Ness. Infos Ness. Infos Ness. Okay. Yeah. Are we supposed to know who the hell that is? No, because the shot where we're we're pushing in on her taking off her helmet and then revealing who she is, I feel like that could have been anyone under that helmet. Like they made it seem like this was such a big moment. Like a, a we should recognize who this person was. Like I was like waiting for a twist. Like is this somebody we're not? Is it is it Thandy Newman? She's actually alive. Like what is what is this supposed to be? And it's just it's just a person. Yeah, like I, it's just because she's so young. And the rest of is the, tri- we the tribe by? has been like decimated, and she is standing up for who's left. Like yeah. it was her mom who had done it before. She said, "Okay, no, I, I get that, but my thing is like the the way it was filmed and the way it was shot. Why do why is this such a big reveal? Other than the fact that like maybe the only, maybe what we're supposed to get from it is that she's young. Yeah, I mean that was the thing. Like she was young and she's a girl, and like that's. I, I didn't find that shocking. Though. I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're like, oh, this person. All right. Like women can do anything. It's yes. not a shock no. that it's a <laughs> No, it's just like the fact that someone so young had to take up that mantle to protect her people. Like she okay. was the only one left that could be the voice for her people. I got you. They'd all had their tongues removed and right, 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 right. you know, savaged by the Empire. Right. I'm just saying and so, the way it was shot was weird. For me, for that kind of reveal, like again, not for me. <laughs> it's Over, a, it's overly a, critical. It, no, it's just a technique thing. Like that's what you do when you're supposed to be. It's supposed to be a big reveal for. Something. It was a big reveal. She was little, and she big. was a woman, and they were like, "This is all that's left to protect our people." And she's great, and she's powerful, but like, there's no one left. Like people need to take up this mantle, and she stepped up and did that. Um. Okay. Uh, moving on to our next scene where we go into the double, double, double cross. Uh, <laughs> double, 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 double cross. Um, first of all, the fact that earlier in the movie when Beckett says, don't trust anybody, they're always bound to betray you. I'm like, he's going to betray him. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's it's going to happen. <laughs> it's all like. Definitely going to happen. Um, I also there. I also fully expected Kira to betray him at some point, and that happens as well. I feel like... And then Han betrayed them by actually doing what they wanted, which they weren't expecting. Yeah, it was I like... I thought it was fake, double, but it was double, real. Double reverse. Yeah. Um, I feel like the fight scenes were pretty cool, pretty uh, well executed within this kind of final uh, final state uh, yeah. standoff, if you will. Um, With Dryden versus Han versus Kira. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was, that was kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
but then like I mean I don't have too much to say about that because I just I was I liked it I was yeah. fine with it yeah. um, but then when like we finally defeat uh, uh, defeat Dryden Voss and Kira's like go ahead Han I'll be right behind you she ain't right behind him yeah. no way and then, time, we, time and then some we, loose ends and then we get to this shit <laughs> to this shit alright what's this shit Fucking Darth Maul? What? Well, before that, there's the confrontation with Han and Beckett. About what? About everything. Well, I know. I'm talking about that whole confrontation and the fight scenes is fine, is cool, is good. So I'm just trying to get to the Darth Maul point where I'm like, what the hell's going on? Well, well, Beckett, to go to that scene, where Beckett's like, hey, everyone will betray you. He's been trying to drive that home, drive that home. And then... For anyone who caught this, Han shot first. Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. But we're not... That's... Okay, yeah, I... Right. That is before it the is. Darth Maul reveal. It is, it is. You're right. I'm, I'm thinking of, like, this, like, s- still in the, the, um, the vertical Yeah, the yacht. vertical I'm yacht I'm still in the shit. vertical yacht. But, yeah, he, no, he the, did shoot first. The Beck and the Han scene, like, that's out there, and that, like, that's where Han first does what needs to be done. And then, like, yeah, again... Han shot first, obviously a hot topic in Star Wars lore. Right. Because Lucas tried to rewrite that. Where in the originals, Han definitely shot Greedo first. And then it was rewritten where somehow from two feet away, Greedo missed Han. And then Han fired back in retaliation because they didn't want Han to be a cold-blooded killer. But it was still self-preservation and, you know, whatever. And yeah. So this whole thing. So I appreciated the fact that Han shot first this time. Yep, I caught that. And they, they threw that in there immediately. Like, Beckett was reaching for the trigger. No. Han shot him. I caught that. I, so. uh, I, I don't know if it was how quickly that he, that Han did shoot Beckett. Um, but. Not even quickly. I, like, they said what needed to be said. And then it ended it. No, no, no. I understand. I'm saying like once we go to that scene and then it, I'm saying it happens very shortly after we actually get to the scene itself. Yeah. And I okay. felt like, I don't know. I don't know if I was expecting more of a buildup, although it was a surprise. If it was supposed to be a surprise, it was definitely executed. Um, but then I think this is where it had a little bit, had a little bit of an issue with um, the movie as a whole regarding Beckett and Han's relationship. Like, I felt like there was a lot of potential there for Beckett to kind of be a mentor to Han. And in a sense, he was. I mean, he was, not even in a sense. No, 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 no. I'm saying in a sense he was because I don't feel like we got enough of that. I I, I didn't, like, when Han shot him, to me, I I feel like it would have been really impactful if we saw if we had a little bit more emotional investment in the fact that Han had to make that decision. Um, and maybe it, and maybe it was something as simple as like, maybe he actually shot a little bit later. Like maybe Beckett actually was able to get the gun out of the holster. I don't know. Like it, maybe that was like an editing thing. I don't know. Um, but just for me, I felt like that relationship, it was a good relationship. I just maybe want just a little bit more from it. For me, it felt like he had learned everything he needed to learn from Beckett. Where he was like, everyone will betray you. Yeah. Beckett obviously has yeah. already betrayed him. Mm-hmm. So he shot first, knowing that even Beckett slowly, even no, no, no. vaguely I, I, reaching for his gun. I know that. I, and, I, I'm saying, yeah. But that, I feel like that fine. was the lesson learned. I don't feel like we needed more than that. No, I don't it's feel not, like, no I'm not saying a le- you don't need to more, learn more lessons. It's more of like the connection is what I wanted. 
But I don't feel like it was needed because he had already learned from him. No, it's not. And, I'm not talking about in the moment. I'm talking about retroactively, like like throughout the film. That moment to me would have had more impact if I had more if the two of them had a more connection, not a, like a lessons learned, but maybe maybe and like a like a heart to heart every now and then or something like that. I'm not I'm not trying to rewrite it, and I'm saying I'm saying yeah. I'm not saying what should go into it. I'm saying that I didn't have enough invested in them to really grasp grasp the uh, the toll that it would take on Han. Yeah. To to kind of make that decision. Um, but at the same time, like I thought it was clever that he did sh- shoot first, and yeah, that was the lesson that he had learned throughout yeah. the movie, and that was like it was back its time, like that was the end of the time. Yeah, um, I, I feel like we didn't need more than that though for the character. Like we know who Han is, we know that he's the good guy, and even Kira is like, "That's who you are. I'm, I'm the only one here who knows you who you are. You're the good guy." Biblically, and he's like, "Hey," hey. and he's like. No, he's like I'm not. He's like that's not who I am. You don't know me, but he nah, is. That ain't me. But he is, and we know that. So I don't feel like we needed Beckett to be more than he already was, which was like this brief mentor on the way the underworld worked and the way people will disappoint you and betray you, which he did a few times. And then Han ended it. Like, I don't think we needed more than that. I don't think there needed to be more investment. I don't think we needed to feel more for Beckett. Mm. But again, maybe that's because I just, Woody Harrelson, I was just like, get out of here. Um, (laughs) So that's a whole thing. But, like, I think it was enough. Like, what was there? Okay. In my opinion. Okay. So Darth Uh, Maul. So Darth Maul, what the fuck, man? So You you explained, because you explained it to me in the theater, because I was like, what? Yeah. What the, what? So Go ahead and and explain why that's a thing. So Kira, in her vertical yacht that she has now taken over because Dryden Boss is dead, um, Darth Maul shows up in hologram form speaking to her. And everyone's like, what the fuck? Darth Maul died in episode one. (laughs) He got cut in half and he fell down this shaft. Well, if you had watched Star Wars Clone Wars animated series... Or Star Wars Rebels, which is what I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast, where, like, this was for the fans, and you kind of had to see some of that expanded universe stuff, read it, watch it, whatever. Darth Maul shows up. After he gets cut in half and falls down that shaft, obviously, lightsabers are a civilized weapon. Uh, (laughs) And so, like, cauterized all his vital organs, whatever, happened to be above where he got cut in half, whatever. It's sci-fi whatever it happens he ends up falling down the shaft lives uh ends up living on rats and trash and things at the bottom of this shaft kind of going crazy builds himself these crazy robotic spider legs um this goes into like kind of way out there stuff um there's another zabrak male that the witches of dathomir have yeah, which is Dathomir again? What? That's what? Dathomir. They mentioned Dathomir uh, in the movie. Okay. Um, they're the witches of Dathomir are force sensitive women who are not Jedi or Sith. They're just they're these witches who happen to be force sensitive, and they use the force for what they will use it for. Um, create another basically kind of Darth Maul, whose name is actually kind of stupid. It's uh, Savage Opress, um, and it's like Darth Maul's brother and he goes out in his terrorizing universe whatever he ends up finding Darth Maul uh, brings him back to Dathomir 
and the witches heal his mind, which has obviously descended into madness from being sliced in half, eating garbage, like becoming this weird robot person thing. And then they they take off the spider legs. They make them like actual like human esque robotic legs. Um, so so through the course of these other properties that aren't movies, Darth Maul is actually alive and well again. He is. Okay. He he comes back is like well and is on a mission to hunt down Obi Wan and get revenge for being cut in half. Okay. That is only explained in Star Wars: The Clone Wars animated series yeah. and Star Wars Rebels. Okay. So, if anybody has seen that, good for you. For those of us who have just seen the movies, what the fuck? We don't know what the fuck's going on. Exactly. And now we're now that that just like at first it was a what the fuck moment for me, and then it just made me mad. And I'm like, okay, are we in a situation now where like, hey guys, every Star Wars movie we're going to come out, you have to in, you have to look at all of this other shit that isn't a movie in order this to really understand shit. what's going on in this universe. That's kind of how. Star Wars have been for a long time for people who are fans of the series. Like expanded universe has always. Now, what been... do you say? What do you mean, like series? Do you mean the movies? Do you P- mean people who started with the movies? Okay. Ever since the early '90s, the expanded universe has been thriving, and people have loved the expanded universe. Books, comics, okay. audio tapes, everything. Okay. Like, now, for someone like if I, I've just seen the movies. That's all I've seen. Yeah. And I've been able to keep track of everything in the movies. Yep. And this was the one where it was like, nah. No. You gotta watch this other stuff. And you that's gotta kind pay of for this other stuff. That's kind of what I was mentioning, where like this is for the fans, but it's also weird because like that could be off-putting for other people. It was. <laughs> but there's like a dichotomy there too, where it's like you're either like, what the fuck? Why is he here? Or like, oh, Darth Maul's still alive? I need to go find out how that happened. And then you'll dive into the other content. Nah. And so there's like, there's two kinds of people. You won't. No, because that's a lot. But the people who are invested, they're like, whoa, Darth Maul's back? How did that happen? I need to go find out. They can go find out because there is that other content. Right. But for the average person, it was kind of a a baffling move because most people are going to be like, well, he died a long time ago. Why is he back? Um, To make money. Not even that. Like it's all it's all on Netflix. Like Clone Wars, it's all on Netflix. You can no, watch it all. That. I get that. I'm just um, saying it's setting a precedent for if we movies need to are, know these things. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's that's yeah. that's my that's my issue. But and I, like I said, it's a movie for the fans, and most fans will know these things because they they've sought out that content. Right. Yeah. Um, fan service. Yeah. yeah. Fan service. Um, and so it it's an interesting move, and I think it'll be off putting for. The average person, mm-hmm. but for the people who are invested in it and who have seen expanded universe content and they kind of know more about it, then they're like, "Yes, this is interesting." Like, "Oh, that's who she's talking to. That's uh-huh. who like the Red Dawn is dealing with now." Because mm-hmm. um, even like his lightsaber is the lightsaber that he's crafted later on, because obviously his gets cut in half yeah. in Phantom Menace. And it has like the crook on it, and he uses it. I feel like that was kind of like cheesy. Like it was like him lighting the lightsaber. You know it's Darth Maul, guys. But look at my lightsaber. Yeah, look at my lightsaber. I was like that. I agree with that. Like he lit lit lightsaber and he spun it quick and then turned off and then it was gone. I wanted a moment where Kira's like, (sighs) yeah, (laughs) Um, eyes or something. But for people again, the uninitiated who have not seen that content, it's like driving home. It's like, yes, this is Darth Maul. This isn't some other Zabrak male who happens to be here, because he never says his name. 
and that's a unique identifier because no one else has had a double bladed lightsaber that most yes. people have seen yes. in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Um, so that didn't bother me at all because I knew exactly what was going on. I was like, oh, cool, he's here. Uh, because this takes place, to answer one of the original questions we had, this takes place between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, obviously. Um, and so that's where also uh, Star Wars Rebels takes place. And Star Wars Clone Wars actually takes place further back, but introduces during, Darth Maul. During and the Clone Wars? It's like, yeah, between like Attack of the Clones and between Revenge of the Sith, where Anakin takes on an apprentice, Ahsoka Tano, and the Clone Wars are happening, and they have all these adventures, and um, there's a lot of unique stuff that happens there. Uh, definitely, if you have the time and are interested in Star Wars lore, go watch the Clone Wars on Netflix, and then check out Star Wars Rebels also. Uh, but, like, that content is there, uh, and this all kind of happens between, you know, what we know from the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. and then that's only going to get more fleshed out. Uh, I assume the Boba Fett movie will probably take place between a tim- uh, similar time span, mm-hmm. uh, because Boba Fett is also well for for people who don't know, uh, the writer and director of Logan, uh, James Mangold, is writing and directing that. Yeah, he he is rumored to be taking on that project. And so the Boba Fett movie will likely be taking place between that time span because, again, Star Wars Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels both dabble in Boba Fett's backstory up to a point. And I assume that'll pick up kind of where that leaves off. And then even the Obi-Wan movie that's rumored is supposed to be set between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope and what Obi-Wan is doing on Tatooine while he's watching over a growing Luke Skywalker, uh, his learning the ways of the Force and becoming Ben Kenobi instead. Uh, they want to bring you and McGregor back, supposedly. All these things, but like, there's a lot of expanded universe content that is happening that people are assuming, or well, Disney is assuming that people are paying attention to, who are fans of this universe, uh, and so it's again an interesting play to see them. Very like, just like go all in behind that and be like, here's this thing in this main movie that everyone's gonna watch. Like, mm-hmm. are they paying attention? Um, and so again, that didn't bother me because I am paying attention. Mm-hmm. But for the average person, they'd be like, yeah, what the fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the long-winded explanation of that scene, why that happened, and how that happened. Gotcha. Um, I also and why think Taylor it, was angry. It, I, I, the one thing I did like about it was it did present um, Kira in... Because we always kind of... like Throughout the movie, I had suspicions about her, but not like too dark of suspicions because yeah. she had this relationship with Han that was very important. Um, but for me, that's very interesting to see this female character with a very kind of like um, mixed background. So yeah. I'm excited to see it like... Fast forward to the next ten minutes, and just the way it ends with them going back to uh, to gamble with Lando to try and actually win the Millennium Falcon. He does it again. Yeah, cool. Because and he takes and, the card from him. Yeah, I yeah they did that, and then he won the ship, and then him and Chewie are off on adventures. Yeah, um, they go so, to Tatooine to see what Jabba the Hutt's up to. Yeah, we can do I, yeah I assume that was I assume that was Jabba the Hutt. Um, with this. With this. With the end. With the end. Now I can talk about what one of my major issues was with this movie okay. overall was Han's character arc. Okay. okay. So he goes from 
he's, he's, he already starts off kind of the slightly charming, kind of smart-ass guy, scoundrel that we know already. And unrefined. Then, unref- unref- like the coaxium. Yeah, okay. Unrefined. But then he goes... The parallels. Eh. But then... <laughs> And then he ends up. You love this. He ends up being uh, someone who begins to believe and invest in something bigger than himself. Mm-hmm. That's the exact same arc he had in New Hope. What I. The end of this movie is obviously setting up for another one, which movies that do that make me mad. Um, I know, like Infinity War. Yeah. Uh, but the way. What I would have liked to see. Hate doing that. But what I'd like to see is. I know we've got apparently we've got another movie. I haven't heard anything, but judging by this movie, there's another Han Solo movie coming at some point. Not necessarily. He's contracted, but they don't have plans for it. And then, especially with how this was received, yeah, Disney has said they need to take a step back and evaluate what they're doing. Okay. Well, if they well if they don't do another movie, or if they end up bringing out Han in like another movie that's not a Han Solo movie, but he's in it. Yeah. Okay. Then maybe they can improve it. What What happened to me was like. I was looking for him to get to a place where he ends up. I think someone I listened to someone and they put it put it in really good words. Was he starts off as an optimist and they want to get him to a place where he becomes a cynic because that's kind of where we pick up on him once we meet him in A New Hope. He's still basically the same person other than he's had a little bit more experience and he's aware that there's a, there's a rebellion and that they're probably doing a good thing but at the end of the movie he's still going off to like try and do another score with another like kind of crime syndicate or whatever like that but you know he does yeah. he does do the right thing in the moment in the movie yeah. and that's good but i don't know like for me he didn't he didn't improve over this movie and that's what I kind of I wanted to see and that's what I want to see in every movie is like unless it's some kind of you know um, some kind of subversive indie where it's like this character's not going to learn anything but no that's that is his character like you I mean you hit it on the head in this movie like he starts off that way and kind of arcs up to the right thing and you said that's how he picks up with a new hope he's the smuggler he's in it for the money (laughs) arcs up to the right thing that's where we pick up in Force Awakens. He's left. He's doing the smuggler thing. Comes back and does the right thing. But we also He's, see we also see him in uh, in in uh, the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And he's like, he's and like, he's in invested it. He's because invested. Leia. Yes, and that's like a, it's like a love connection, which I understand he has that with Kira. Yeah, I understand that, but I don't know. Like for me. For me, I just wanted to see him get to a place where he was a little bit more of like the cynic smartass, as opposed to kind of this. He is, you know, he's a smartass already, but and he is very youthful, so he's going to have that optimism to him. Yeah. But I wanted to see kind of the optimism, like get a little, like get a little ding in it or something. I think it is because there's that sine wave again, where like he's on that, and then New Hope, and then he's down that, and then he is Force Awakens, and then like it keeps going like that. But at the end of the movie, he has to kill. Beckett to survive shoots first that's the person who's like kind of showed him the way since he left Corellia after he got kicked out of the academy this person who's been like teaching him about like how everyone will betray you ends up having to kill this guy and then the woman who he thinks loves him that he's been chasing this whole time abandons him and so I think he is taking his knocks and I don't think people are giving him credit for that because they're like oh he just goes off to the next adventure well what else is he gonna do like that's that's what he has to do. Like he's just on to the next thing, on to the next score. 
because that's what he knows. Okay. I mean, I, I, I get your point, but I would have... I think it would have hit a little bit more if we just got some kind of reaction out of him other than like seeing the yacht go off. Yeah. He just watches it go off and then next thing we know he's, he's he goes to play a poker game. So I mean... Sabak. I'm going to call it a poker game. Because I, I keep forgetting that. It's not poker. Um, well, that's probably the last time I'll talk about it anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to bring up Sabak randomly while we're talking from <laughs> now on. Um, but I came in, you remember Sabak? But I mean like over, overall... Like I said earlier, I think after watching it, I, you know... You had fun, I had but fun. you hated it. I had fun, but at the end of it, I was like, okay, that wasn't... It wasn't really anything special for me. Um, and for me, it was the opposite. I had fun, and I enjoyed it. There were some shortcomings, but I definitely enjoyed this more than, say, Last Jedi, which I had issues with. Gotcha. Which we didn't do a podcast for that. No, because that was around the time year. we were starting, and yeah, <laughs> it came around last year. Uh, yeah. But we're on opposite sides. We're on opposite ends of that argument too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, any more? Any more final thoughts on uh, on Solo before we wrap it up here? I just liked all the little nods they had. It was a lot of fan service. Uh, I know at one point they mentioned Bosk, and I was like, "Damn, it's Bosk!" And you were like, "I don't fucking know." Who that is. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bosk is one of the bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back. He's a Trandoshan. He's the one, the dinosaur-looking oh, one. Oh, my dude. Who's standing on the bridge. Who actually is wearing a Doctor Who costume. Uh, they repurposed for this movie. That's funny. And, uh, yeah, so, like, he's, like, lizard-esque <laughs> person uh, who's also hunting down Han Solo at that point in Empire Strikes Back. They reference him. And so there, there's a lot of, there's, like, little things in here that if... You know the character of Han Solo. You've watched the original movies. You've watched Expanded Universe. Like, you know these things about him that you'll appreciate because there's nods to them in there. And it's just like a bunch of little things, fan service maybe, um, that they hit home on and maybe aren't expanded on uh, the way you would like. Hmm. But it's there. And it is, like I guess, the new canon for Han Solo and who he is, where he comes from. And I think that's really cool because he is a prolific character. Uh, people know him. People know kind of who he is later on. And so it's interesting seeing him at this early stage, uh, even with its flaws and the missteps maybe they've made during this movie. I still think it's fun. And I still think that it has its merits in the Star Wars canon and the Star Wars universe. At me. All right, well, let's wrap this thing up. This is our longest episode ever. Is uh, it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, all right, Mark, uh, after we're done talking here, where can people find you? As always, you can find me at Spider's Corner Games, Spider with a Y, on Facebook, or Spider12587 on Twitch and Instagram, uh, and Twitter, actually. Uh, Spider's, Corner's game, or <coughs> Spider's Corner will find me there also. I always stumble through this every time. Because you have so many handles. Well, they're, they're the same-ish. You need to consolidate um, well, yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. Taylor, where can the people find you? You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tay D. Adams. Thank you guys so much for watching on Facebook. Really Solid appreciate it. Uh, we're going to try and uh, we're gonna try and do this next week. It'll be a lot of fun. We don't know what we're going to review yet, but it will oh, be fun. Yeah, what are we, we going to do? We'll figure it out. Um, if you guys are watching this on Facebook, go ahead and like the Scrap page. Thank you for watching. Um, thank you for listening at home, dear viewer, or in your car. Um, or wherever you are. Wherever you are, go ahead and uh, don't forget to rate and review us for a chance to win uh, some movies and some free t-shirts. It'll be a lot of fun. 
Um, but yeah, that's about it. Today's episode is sponsored by no one in particular. Our main theme We're is still by, waiting for that. Our main theme is by JMAC of Fourth Quarter Entertainment, and all of our graphic <laughs> elements are made with care by the talented Nicole Yang. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care, everyone.